You're listening to Connection Church's podcast. serve as the Central Guest Services Director here at Connection Church. We have something really exciting taking place at our Statesboro campus on Saturday, August the 27th from 8.30 to noon called our Connector Conference. This annual conference is a time for us to share the vision of why we serve, how we serve, and where we're headed as a church. And it's for everybody. We feel every person has a purpose in helping people connect to a growing relationship with Jesus, whether that's parking cars, leading worship, pouring into our kids and students, or greeting people at the doors. There's a place for you. Maybe you'd enjoy serving behind the scenes. There are lighting and sound boards to run, cameras to operate, security teams to keep our campuses safe, and our incredible prayer warriors covering our whole church in prayer. You see, it doesn't matter what your personality is. God has a purpose for you. During the conference, we'll have two breakout sessions for you to be encouraged and equipped by some of our central area leaders, as well as hear from Brandon Williams, our senior pastor, as he shares the vision and direction of the church. But hang on, we also want to hear from you. You may have an idea of how we can improve our connector model, so we'll learn from each other and make every area at every campus the best it can be. So whether you've been serving with us for a long time and need to be refreshed and inspired, or you're finally taking that next step to get plugged in, the Connector Conference is a great way to get an inside look at everything we do. We're so excited about seeing all of you this year at the Connector Conference, and we know that the best is yet to come. Good morning, church. Sound like you're all awake this morning. Hooey. Um, y'all got to bear with me a little bit this morning because uh, my mind is all over the place. God's been doing so much in my heart this morning. I'm just going to warn you, I may cry. You know, uh, I got to thinking, you know, we're starting this series this morning called The Win to understand what winning looks like. And sometimes people look and it's like, well, you know, you're looking at this the wrong way. You know, I think a lot of times we as Christians, we haphazardly live life with not the end in mind. We're living life for the moment. We're living life for right now. We're not looking at what we can do for God tomorrow. We're not looking at where should I be in 10 years from now when I walk with Christ. We're just looking for, we're just trying to get through today. Anybody with me this morning? I was, we were there praying and I was just felt so convicted that I was numb this whole week. I was looking for opportunities so that I could serve God because I was consumed by just getting by, by just, just getting through that one day, by just doing those things so I could make my life a little bit easier instead of being on an outlook of seeing how I can serve God. You know, here at Connection Church, we, we try to, we have some things called cultures that if we see these active in our lives, that's how we know we're winning. If, we see, if I see these active in the, in the people in our community, then I know that we as a church is winning for the Lord. We're, we're taking back ground. And these cultures are evangelism, community, generosity, and service. So when we see these displayed in our life, we're winning. And I was thinking about that this week, and, and God brought me to Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says, 
Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. When David had served God's purpose for his life, then he fell asleep. So many of us live our whole life without accomplishing the purpose that God gave us. Purpose gives us meaning, doesn't it? There's people that search their whole life for the meaning of life. There's people that search their whole life, they feel empty, they feel shallow, they don't, they don't understand why they feel the way they do. And the reality of it is, you're never going to feel complete, you're never going to feel whole until you accomplish the purpose that God's given you. Never going to feel complete. And that's why so many people are, putting, are, are pouring their lives into their jobs, pouring their lives into their families, pouring their lives into, into things that, they may be good things, but they're not what God wants us to pour them into. Are you accomplishing the purpose that God's called you to be? Are you winning in the area of serving? I thought about how David, how he served God's purpose in his own generation. See, that our generation matters. The people around us that we are living in this generation with, they are depending on us to accomplish God's purpose for our life so that we can be the light to shine them to Jesus. We got to be those people this morning. We got to be those people every single day, waking up saying, God, I want to accomplish your purpose today. Not, Lord, let me wait and do it next week. No, I want to do it today. God, show me what you want me to do tomorrow. Live every single day on point for Christ. See, the problem is, if you don't think, if you don't realize that God's got a purpose for your life, if you're not looking for what you need, what, what your focus should be, if you're not on mission for God, then you're going to be haphazardly going through life, being numb to all the opportunities around you to show the love of Christ to everybody. You weren't created just to live on this earth, have, all these, have cars and money and, and, and live life. He didn't, that's not why. God created you with a purpose in mind, and that was to show his glory to other people. How are you going to show Christ to other people when you're just worried about life? Man, that slapped me in the face this week. How many opportunities did I not tell people about Christ? I told a friend of mine, well, I told my connect group about how, how I used to, I would tell people at the gas pump about Jesus. And I had one guy from my connect group text me, and he's like, hey, man, I was just sharing Jesus at the gas pump. And I'm like, my connect group gets it, and I'm over here, and I'm just trying to get through. I'm trying to pump my gas. I'm sending a text message. I'm doing this, and as soon as it's done, I'm not looking at anybody around me. I'm getting in my truck and I'm going. Why? Because I'm not missional focused. I'm worried about me and what I got going on. And how many of us are that way? You see, David had a purpose-driven life. He realized that his life mattered for something other than just eating and drinking. How would it be, man, how awesome would it be for it to be on your tombstone when you die if said, he served the purpose of God? She served the purpose of God. And we say, yeah, that's a great thing. I want that on my headstone. But you've got to live that way for it to be on there. We've got to live that way. So, so it says he served God's purpose. So God's purpose for our life is what? For us to worship God, for us to be, be in ministry, to be involved in evangelism, to disciple people, and to be in fellowship with one another. And church allows us to do that together. See, when we do life together, when we're serving together, it empowers us to continue going on. You can do more as a team than you can alone, amen? amen. 
You can stay encouraged with somebody beside you. Thank God I got my wife because she keeps me encouraged. When I'm ready to quit, she's like, Don, you can't stop. You can't quit. You got to keep going. Thank God she's there for me. And if I didn't have her there, I would have quit probably a long time ago. We need each other to help push us to the prize. And the prize is not our comfort. You know, I got to thinking about serving and, and all these things. You know, we could go to Romans 12. We could go to second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and talk about the gifts. Talk about what God's gifted us to do and how important it is to use our gifts. But look, before we can use our gifts, we got to realize why, gave, why God gave us the gift. Amen? Amen? Before we can be used by God, we've got to be his. Amen? As I got to thinking about serving and, and, and how we win at serving, just some things come rolling to my mind. And just because I got notes don't mean I'm, I'm not as spiritual as I, as I should be. Y'all don't judge me because I got notes this morning. I got so much in here, I just wanted to write it down so I wouldn't just throw it out everywhere. So when we win, people see us serving Jesus with sincerity. People see us serving other believers with love and compassion. When we win, people see us serving our community with intentionality and intensity. And when we win, people see us serving together. So what does it mean to serve Jesus with sincerity? What does it mean to be sincerely following Jesus? What does it mean? Because if you look across the, if you look across the, our, just our county, you talk to everybody. Everybody's following Jesus, right? Come on, you can say you're right or no. Huh? Everybody said they're following Jesus. But is everybody following Jesus? What shows they're not following Jesus? Their actions. Like my granddaddy always said, I can show you better than I can tell you. How we live shows what has our heart. And I'm reminded of that. In John chapter 12. You know, it, isn't, isn't it kind of cool that John chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all those talk about serving. And people say that this was a man-made book. Come on now. Serving Jesus with sincerity. You see, let me read this and we'll go through it. it says, Jesus replied, verse 23, says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it while Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. So winning at serving starts with following Jesus. Winning, you're not going to want to serve out of the right heart unless you're following Christ. You're not going to step out of your comfort zone and do something that nobody else is doing unless you're following Christ. I read something the other day. It says to reach people nobody's reaching, you got to do things that nobody's doing. And that's where we got to be. We got to quit thinking. We got to quit doing the same old things expecting different results because that's insanity. We got to start saying, God, use me every single day. And that don't, you don't have that desire. You don't care about anybody but you until you start following Jesus. 
I ain't going to get no amens on that one. But that's the truth. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about how I feel until I really understand that Jesus Christ died to to satisfy my soul, to give me salvation. And because of that, I want to give that to somebody else. I want somebody else to know, somebody else to experience Christ. That only happens with sincerity. See, the only way we're going to serve God effectively is to serve him the way Jesus did. To serve God the way Jesus did. And if we're following Christ, he's our example, amen? So we got to follow him. I don't know where I got this from. I don't know. I just, I wrote it down and I don't know if I come up with it. It's too good for me to come up with. So I don't know where it come from. Dallas probably said it. What we believe helps us determine how we behave. I don't need to write that down. What we believe determines how we behave. So if that's true, then why are you behaving the way you behave? Huh? If you really believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, if you really believe in Jesus Christ, then why aren't you running through the streets every single day saying Jesus saves? Why aren't we going and serving our neighbors that are hurting? Why aren't we just investing in other people? Why aren't we making disciples to make disciples? Do we really believe what we say we believe? Because what we believe affects how we behave. It really does show that. See, serving God, serving, is the outward expression of the inward change. When we serve other people, it shows that, hey, God's changed me because, let me tell you, before I got saved, my life was about me. It was about what made me happy. Now I want to tell people the, the, the only thing that's truly satisfied me, the only thing, serving is the outward response of the inward change. As we just read in that about how unless a, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. We're not going to really want to serve other people and serve our community if we haven't died to ourselves. If we hadn't said, God, I surrender my life to you and I want you to use me. I want you to do whatever you want to do inside of me. If we're truly followers of Christ, we'll abandon who we were before we met Christ. We'll lose our old selves and allow Jesus to turn us in to who he wants us to be. He truly transforming us. But the problem is, with a lot of us, is once we accept Christ, once we start following God, we start drawing lines in the sand. All right, God, I'll, I'll, I'll go this far, but I ain't, I'm not going past here. Come on. I'll, be in, I'll go to church and I'll go to connect group, but don't ask me to tell my neighbor about Jesus. You know how crazy they are. You know they put the fence up on my side of the property line. I mean, come on. Don't, don't, ask me, don't, 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 don't ask me to go to work and tell them about Jesus. Because then, God, if I tell them I'm following Jesus, then I've got to ask to live it at work. Come on. No laughing now. That's the, that's the truth, though. We've got to say, God, I want you to use me, transform my life so I can be your witness everywhere I go. So you can use me everywhere I go. Not just going to church, not just being around church folk. It's about being God's witness, God's example, serving God every single place we go. That only happens if he's transformed your heart. So you got to ask yourself, then why am I not being that person? Why does my behavior not show my belief? It's a sobering question, but all of us need to ask ourselves that. I want to be straight with you guys today. Time is too short for us to play games. 
Time is too short for shallow faith. Time is too short for us to say we, 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 we're Christian and we, act, and we look like the part, but we're not acting like it. Time is too short because just like David, he lived his life for purpose for God. What's going to happen when your time runs out? Have you lived your life for God? And if we say he's worthy, if we say we're following him, if we say we love him, then we should be pouring our lives out for him. Amen? Amen. Just like that word, the word says. Talks about the seed. If it doesn't fall, it remains only a single seed. If it dies, it produces many seeds. I just, we have to realize we won't be fruitful in life until we die to ourselves. The number one thing that we all struggle with, to one degree or another, is selfishness. All of us in this room are selfish to a degree. And selfishness feeds pride. Those things come in, and man, those, those are direct, I mean, opposites to the gospel. They will keep you and hinder you from doing what God's called you to do and living, living the example and being the example God's called you to be and live. What's crazy is that we all struggle with those things. Is it, well, think about this seed, though. If that seed remains in the container, if that seed is ever planted in the dirt, it will never produce anything. So why do we think we can just come to church and go home and think God's going to use us? We've got to get out of our container. We've got to get out of our box. We've got to get out of our comfortable zone and say, God, use me. God, plant me. God, plant me. God, plant me at work. God, use me at work. God, plant me there. You know, the direct correlation, that if we start following God and start really pursuing him, it's just, it's, it's just a, it challenges who we are. It challenges our selfishness. It challenges our pride. Jesus challenges us. Loneliness equal, it's either loneliness or fruitfulness. Either we're going to be lonely and say, God, I won't ever be used. I won't never find the right man. I won't, never, I won't never find the right relationship. I'm going to be lonely over here. I won't ever find the right friends. Instead of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to pursue you anyway. I'm going to, I know you're faithful, and if I pursue you, then you're going to bring me into this right relationship. Amen? Amen. We keep looking for the right relationship, but we ain't being faithful to God. Those things aren't going to work out. It's either you lose your life or you keep it. It's either you say, God, I'm surrendering everything to you or I'm going to live the way I want to live. It's one or the other. It's no middle ground. We try to stand on the fence with everything in our life, but God saying, look, is Jesus enough for you to step out of that and follow me completely? It's either you serve yourself or you serve Christ. It's either you please yourself or you honor God. We want to be comfortable that's what we want. But do you want what God wants? Because that shows your heart. If we're looking around for comfort, if we're looking around to be comfortable, then we'll protect our plans. We'll protect our desires. We'll save our lives and we'll never allow God to plant us. We will never allow God to use us. If all of us are seeds, God's wanting to plant somewhere. We've got, to, we've got to realize that. So many times we use our past to justify why we can't be planted. Amen. We're toting all this baggage around. It's like, well, God, you can't use me because of all this I've done. Let me tell you, it's time for you to give your baggage to God and let, that, let be set free from that so he can start using you. Amen. A lot of the reason you went through what you went through is where you can be where you are right now. Amen. 
for you to be able to surrender those things to God, for you to be able to look back and help people through what you just come through. Stop using your baggage as an excuse not to serve God. Stop saying, I'm not following Jesus because of all those hypocrites. You know what? You need to shut up and start following God. And I'm sorry I'm being hard about that, but it was aggravating to me is people want to sit there and they want to they say, you know what? I'm not following God because of all these people. You're not following God because you don't want to. We need to start, stop giving excuses and start saying, God, I want you. God, I need you. What's crazy is the thing about being planted is we give excuses why we can't do what God wants us to do. We want to remain comfortable. God, you know I went to college all these years for this, but I don't want, I don't want to go over here and do that. That was the biggest, that's the biggest excuse I gave God of why I couldn't preach for a while. God, I went to school these years to be a surveyor. Lord, I've been, I know I'm not here for no reason. But I can't go, I can't do that because, because that, would, that would cause some friction. I would have to abandon all this who, who made me up, who Jeremy was, because at that time, Jeremy was a surveyor. You said, who's Jeremy Lindsay? Well, he's a surveyor. That defined who I was, but when I started following Christ and, and I realized he was calling me to preach, I had to abandon that. It was okay because I wanted to follow him. We have to realize that if we allow Jesus to conform us into his image and allow us to be planted, allow him to plant us, that we will never be alone. We'll produce fruit that others can see and we'll make an eternal difference in the lives around us. I want to tell you something, guys. All of us have influence where we, where we work. God puts you in the profession that you are for a reason. You don't have to be a pastor to share the gospel. God's called us all to be a witness where we live. God's called us to be intentional where we are. The way God's going to save this county is all of us taking it personal and saying, God, use me in my neighborhood. God, use me at work. God's planted you there for a reason. You got to allow him to water that seed so you can grow. And people can see the growth in your life and start making fruit. And when people see the fruit in your life, they'll be like, I want what you have. Help me. Help me. I never really understood that. I went to work and I was preaching, but nobody at work knew that I was a preacher. No, I didn't cuss and act like everybody else, but... I just didn't step that out and say that because I was worried I was going to get condemned and people look bad, about, bad upon me. And I started realizing God put me here for a reason and I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but guess what? I need to serve God right where I am. When I went to work, I went to work with a, with a purpose, with a passion of saying, you know what? I'm going to start praying for all the people around me because God's called me to serve him right where I am. I started praying for my coworkers. I started praying with them every single week. I had people start coming to me and saying, Jeremy, will you pray with me? And I was like, well, man, you can pray too. Well, God answers your prayers better than he does mine. <laughs> people kept coming, and, and it's like one by one. People that were once hostile toward the gospel began to get softened up because I was living it out in front of them. And I'm putting me on a pedestal, but I'm telling you what I, real life, what, I, what happened in my life. And I had a friend that everybody talked bad about. His work ethic was horrible. All, they, they said all these bad things about him. But in reality, they were talking bad about him because, of, because the person that was his manager was trying to elevate himself. I began to invest in my friend. And I began to invest not only work ethic, but also began to invest spiritually within him. 
And it took two years, but two years of investing in this man, God saved him. He surrendered his life to Christ. We cried like a bunch of little schoolgirls right there in Savannah at our office. People's like, what's wrong with y'all? Did somebody die? I was like, yeah, somebody did. He just died to himself, and now he's following Jesus. And it's exciting to see, and now God's using this man to be an influence in, in a, heading up a department. God, we got to be an influence where we are. We got to allow God to plant us where we are and start looking for opportunities to serve God where we are. Stop saying, well, wait till I get this point. Wait till I get to that point. Be obedient where you are. Because that is serving Jesus with sincerity. It all starts with Jesus. Every bit of it starts with Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. What Paul's saying here is saying, look, if, you've had, if, if you're following Christ, if, if he's if he stayed with your life at all, then guess what? You need to be unified in pursuing God. We need to be unified in serving God. Amen? Amen. Just think about it. Think about what, we, what, what this people in this room could do. If all of us were sold out to God, Every single one of us was sold out to Christ. We were missional focused every single day we went to work. Think of what we could do for Jenkins County. Think about it. But so many times we think it's the preacher's responsibility because he's full time. He can do that. I don't have to do that. Whether you believe it or not, but all of us are full time in the ministry. If we're followers of Christ, it's, us, it's up to us to share the good news everywhere we go. And it's crazy because through serving, it also it shows our growth. As we serve God, it shows how we grow. It shows our sanctification. It starts, it's hard to serve people that, uh, that ain't grateful. Can I get a witness? I mean, come on. You go cut somebody's grass and they won't even come outside and say thank you. It's like, man, I ain't doing that again. You give somebody some money and, they, and it's just like, they throw the you know, deuces, we'll see you later and keep on going. And it drives me crazy. Sometimes it drives us crazy. It drives me crazy sometimes. But I have to surrender to myself and be like, you know what? It ain't about that. It ain't about what I want. God put me here for a reason. He's got a reason. All oh, this is happening. I just got to be obedient. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's our responsibility to live on mission for God. It's our responsibility to, to continue to pursue him. Let, let me tell you something. The more you serve God, and I'm not talking about just wearing an orange shirt or wearing a, a, um, a yellow, oh, we ain't got a yellow shirt. Yeah, we do. Parking, I'm sorry. Orange shirt, a yellow shirt, a, a blue shirt. I was finna say purple. We didn't even have a purple. It don't matter what color you're serving in. It doesn't matter. It isn't about serving a color. It's about serving God. It's about serving where you are. It's not about just serving at the church. It's about serving our community. It's about serving everywhere you go, being a servant. 
See, we win when others see us serving other believers with love and compassion. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. If you write in your Bible, you need to circle that word others to remind us. It's not about me, it's about others. Verse five, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So so to be a servant means you have to think like a servant, amen? You have to think like a servant. You can't think like a selfish person. You can't think about me, you gotta think about others. So in reality, motives matter, right? What motivates you is how you, what you're going to do. Your motives matter. Your motives matter in how you serve, and your motives, motives matter how you live. I get up in the morning, and I go to work. What motivates me to go to work is the money that I will make to provide for my family. That's what motivates me. I'm going to get up. I may be sick, but I'm going to still get up because, because I'm motivated by that money. Let you something. If you are not sharing the gospel, if you're not sharing your life, if you're not serving other people, then you're not motivated by Christ because your motives matter. You're going to do what motivates you. You're going to pursue what motivates you. Who you are is what you pursue. And I know this is strong, but I'm just being real with you today. You do your best work at work because money motivates you. You don't, you, don't, you don't put any excuses. You go to work, you do those things because that motivates you. You don't get involved with certain things. You don't do certain things because your family is what motivates you. And it should be Christ motivates us. Our motives matter. Doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It's like we should not be wanting to serve because it makes me look good. We should be wanting to serve because it brings glory to God. Amen? And if we're serving out of the wrong motives, then we're not going to get the same ending. If we're serving out of our own selfish ambition, we will never see people come to Christ. But if we're serving out of a, just, I want, I, want to love, I want to tell you I love you, I care about you, and I'm doing this because I love you, they're going to be like, whoa, there's something different about that man. There's something different about that woman. Our motives matter. When we serve other believers with love and compassion, it's just so crazy because the outside world that doesn't know Jesus, they see somebody that's caring for somebody else with nothing that cannot give them anything back in return. It's crazy. Why do something that don't profit you? Because we're self-centered, we're me-centered. And when we're, when we're out there and we're serving out of the motive of our heart, giving it to Christ, when we're giving meals to people that, I mean, even, even believers, when we're giving meals to believers, when we're going and taking a meal to somebody that, is, that believes in Christ, that's following Christ, that may be down in their luck, we're taking them something, we're showing them that we love them, we care for them. Come on, we don't have family to do that. We're showing, I care. When we're going to people that are believers and that are struggling, we go to them and we say, hey, can, let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. Not, not say, I will pray for you and go home and forget it, not pray. I'm saying, actually, go down. You say, let me pray for you and let's pray right there. Show intentionality. Show, hey, I am serving God because I want to pray for you because I love you. 
Are we serving from a place and look what I'm doing or from a place that I want Jesus to get the credit? Where are we serving? What's our heart? Because our intentions matter. Philippians 2, 14 through 18 says this. Do everything without grumbling. Sorry. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Y'all might want to, like in my Bible, double, double underline it, highlight it, circle it, put a star by it. Y'all looking at me like I don't struggle with that. All right. <laughs> Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them, circle them, like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and serve and service coming from your faith. I am glad and rejoice with, uh, with all of you so that you too be glad and rejoice with me. So when we serve our community, when we serve our community with intentionality and intensity, what happens is that in the end of verse 15, it says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. We win when we take the gospel to the community. We serve in our community in such a way people see us and we shine because people don't just serve other people without any, without any kind of strings attached, right? If somebody shows up at your house and starts pressure washing your house, you're going to be like, ho, 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 what you doing? Because you know there ain't much money in the bank account and you ain't got nothing to give them. And they say, no, nah, bro, I just, I know you, I see your house is, 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 uh, is in bad shape. I just want to do it because I want to show, I, I, because I just, I just want to show you that I love you and care about you. And they're going to be like, what? Yeah, man, I, I love Jesus and I'm following him and, and I just feel compassionate to, to help you. You know what that's going to do? That's going to, that's going to break down them walls. He's going to back up. And if it was me, I'd say, well, let me help you. But he's going to back up and let you, let you serve him because he knows you care about him. People are going to, they got to know you care before they listen to anything you have to say. When we serve our community with intentionality and intensity, that's when the church looks like the church. See, the problem we have is that we want to go to church, but we don't want to be the church. We want to go to church, but we don't want to be the church. And to be the church means we have to be that extension. We have to be on mission every single day, serving God everywhere we go. See, when I look at winning with the community, I think about this. We win in serving our community when our community is so impacted by the way we serve Christ that if we were not here, the community would suffer. They would miss us. Where's them people from Connection Church? I, I missed them. I hadn't seen them in a while. What happened? They would miss us. But in reality, in most communities, if the church wasn't there, they wouldn't even miss us. And that's sad because we should be investing in our community. Like I said earlier, all our influence that we have, 
the influence you have at work, you should leverage your influence and your life for Christ. That's serving God. And I know that's uncomfortable. I know, what if I, t- what if I start living my life out at work and, and, and I get fired? Let me tell you something. God gave you that job, he'll give you another one. If your heart is pure and your attentions are, are really to bring people to Christ, what, why should we fear? We serve the God that created us. He gave us that job, he'll give us the next one. Well, why might not be able to pay the, the, heart, the, the house payment? Let me tell you something. He made that money, he'll send some your way. I'm telling you, if we are on fire for Christ, if we are intentional with serving God, it doesn't matter what happens, as long as we are focused on him. I mean, just think about, some of you, get, some of you in here work with, with a bunch of, with a crew of men. You work, you work around a crew of women, some of your nurses, some of your construction workers, what if you took a stand and said, I'm going to serve God right there in my profession? I'm going to lead people in prayer intentionally on Monday mornings to bless our work. If somebody at, my, somebody at work, if their family is struggling, I'm going to pray with them. If somebody dies in their family, I'm going to go and take them a meal. I'm going to go show them I care. If somebody that I work with, if their mama is struggling, I'm going to go, I'm going to cut their grass. I'm going to help. I'm going to do anything I can to show them I care and that I love them so that I can lead them to work, them to Christ. The problem is we just see work as work. We don't see work as an option to spread the gospel. We don't see our family as an opportunity to be able to share the gospel. Our family, most of our family, a lot of our families are lost, but yet we just say, and this slapped me in the head, but this past week, we just say, well, they won't never know Jesus. I need to be intentional with sharing the gospel with my family. We need to be intentional, guys, because the only way we're going to shine is we got to turn the light on. Is the light on? Sometimes the light's on and nobody's home, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we got to turn the light on. So that everybody can see, we can shine the light of Jesus in the, everywhere we go if we are intentional and focused on saying, God, I want to win at serving you with my life. You know, as you leverage your life and influence for Christ, I got to thinking about something this week. I was, uh, it's crazy how simple things trigger stuff in my mind, but we were riding down the road and um, had Payson's, uh, that little blind that keeps the sun from coming in on him. I had it on there, and all of a sudden, it just fell off the wall, fell off the window. And he was screaming because it fell on him, and he was, then the light was in his eyes. So I had to pull over, and I went to go put it back up. on it. I seen my fingerprints on the window. I was like, well, I've done this before. You see, everywhere I go, I leave my fingerprints. My fingerprint's on my Bible, it's on this, it's on the doors that come in this place. It's on these stages, it's on some of those chairs. Everywhere I go, everything I do, I leave my fingerprints. Everywhere you go, you leave a fingerprint. But the question is, will it last? The thing is, a lot of us, like Michael Jackson, we all got our gloves on. They wouldn't think that was funny, but I thought that was funny. (laughs) We got our gloves on everywhere we go. We don't, want, we, don't want, we don't want to touch anything. We got these gloves on, and if you, as long as you have your gloves on, you're not going to leave an impact. As long as you think you're protected, as long as you're trying to be guarded, as long as you're worried about you and not getting hurt, not being taken advantage of, you will never leave a fingerprint in anybody's life. God's called us to leave fingerprints. 
in everybody's life that we come in contact with. But we have to be vulnerable. We have to take the gloves off and say, God, use me. Help me leverage my job as being a teacher. Help me leverage my job as being an EMT. God, help me leverage whatever I have for your glory. I want to serve you in every aspect of my life. Because when I die, I want that to say, I want my tombstone to say, I serve the purpose of God in my life. And everybody that I came in contact with had a fingerprint, not just of me, but of Jesus. So are you going to continue to go through life with your gloves on? Or are you going to take them off and say, God, use me? We win at serving God. When we say, God, I'm a blank check, use me. God, plant me. God, use me where, I'm at, where I am. We don't have to, we, we kind of we feel like we have to get to this level. Or once I get to that level right there, then I can start serving God. You know what we do? We keep putting the bar up so we give us an excuse why we can't serve God. As long as we can go to church and be comfortable, that's okay, because then I don't have any risk. I don't, I don't have to worry about any embarrassment. I don't have to swallow any pride. And I don't have to admit, admit any guilt. But if the moment I take those gloves off, if I've been somewhere or said something, I shouldn't say I've got to apologize. If it's more about you than it is Jesus, you will never serve God. And that's the brutal reality. You see, God's called us to serve him wherever we go. God's called us to serve together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 21 through 27 says this, says the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable and the parts that are weak or less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with a special modesty. While others, while, sorry, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that it lacked, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So if we are all the body of Christ, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we are following God, then we will say, put me in, coach, I'm ready to play. We'll say, God, use me. We won't, we won't be satisfied sitting on the bench. You know why? I, I, when I played football, I, got, I, I wasn't no good at all. God gave me long legs, but not the ability to put them in front of each other very fast. I was a 120-pound center because he said, Jeremy, just, give, just hike the ball and stay there. No good. When I, got, when I got to varsity, I rode the bench more than I did anything, but you know what? I was still on the team. I was cheering people on. I was doing those things. Look, just because we think people riding the bench is the ones that just sit there. No, you need, it's time to get off the seat and start getting up and, say, and just cheering somebody else on if you can't serve in that area yet. You need to start finding somewhere that you can serve, finding something that you can do. You might not can sing. Lord, they don't need me up there singing. Y'all ain't, ain't never heard me sing. Y'all had no right laughing. 
They don't need me singing. Some of y'all, they don't need you singing. But you can serve in other areas. You can serve where God has called you to be. God's called us to serve together. When we're all serving where God's called us in, in special areas. See, that's what's crazy. We think we want to serve in the places that they give, they give them a spotlight. I want to preach or I want to, I want to sing. I want to serve blue. I want to be in, in, in the parking lot. I want to be where people can see me. But how about, how about the prayer team? The prayer team is never seen. They're like an internal part. You can't see the internal organs in my body, but you know they're there because they're working. Let me tell you, the prayer team is something that's, that's the eternal part. It's what keeps us going. Maybe you, can, maybe you can pray. There's areas that God can use you. You just have to say, God, here I am. Send me. Lord, use me. We're a team, guys. We need to work together. See, when we work together, arms and legs, when we're working together visibly, you can see everything's working in order. But if my arm, if one tendon was going one way and one tendon was going the opposite direction, my arm would not function right. And that's why the church is so dysfunctional right now. The church as a whole. Because you got people that are saying they're going to do one thing and they do something else. You got people that want to just sit on the pew and say they're a follower of Christ, but they're not serving God. The only way we get and we save our county for Christ in this generation, do you want to save your family? Do you want to be used to save your community? Come on. Do you want to be used to save your community? Do you want to have an impact? Do you want to leave a fingerprint? Then it starts with us working together. You know, if, if my leg's not working right and I'm trying to get to the wall, I may get there eventually if I'm limping. I may finally get there, but it's, I'm not going to get there as fast as I could if everything was working together properly. And the church is moving so slow right now because we're all not working together properly. We've got to be unified in Christ. Jesus Christ unifies us, amen? He unifies color. He unifies social, economical statuses. He, he even unifies those of us that are gifted and those of us that are not. But all of us play a part in this. You know what's crazy? Is that when we serve together, it shows the world that Jesus unifies us. But the craziest thing is that there's a lot of people that will serve in church their whole life, but not really be a servant. Because they're doing it out of obligation instead of saying, God, use me. Do you really want to see God do extraordinary things in your life or you just want to say that? Like I said earlier, all of you in this room, all of you in this room, nobody excluded, was created for a purpose. The day you was born, God said, I got a purpose for his life. I got a purpose for her life. I got a purpose right then and there. He loved you enough to give you purpose and meaning. And if you're empty this morning, the reason is you're not operating in that purpose. And some of you are not operating that purpose. It's because, number one, you don't even know Jesus. You got a form of religion. You might have got baptized when you was a kid. You may have said the sinner's prayer when you was a kid, but you've never been following Jesus. You've been following you and you've been following religion, but you've not been following Jesus. The first step, the first step in serving God is to surrender our life to him. To say, it ain't about me. Let me tell you, your marriage is going to start working right when you start following Christ. It might not begin with. It might be an uphill battle. 
But once you start serving your wife like Christ loves you, once you start serving your family like, like Christ has served you, then let me tell you, you're going to start seeing a difference in the way people treat you because they realize that your life isn't about you anymore. It's about serving God and shining the light to others. A lot of us go through life empty, searching for meaning everywhere we go, and we've never really found our purpose. Maybe today it starts with you surrendering your life to God. Maybe you've been serving God out of the wrong motives. Out of look at me. I'm religious. I'm going to church. And now you see me serving God. So therefore, you make that a, a, a thing of, I am saved because I'm, I'm putting out chairs. If it's not from your heart of loving Jesus Christ, and you're doing it out of the wrong motives. I struggle today with preaching this message because it's not a message that, that draws people to, to, to surrender their life, I didn't think. But I had a friend of mine give me a... I had a friend of mine give me a piece of paper a while ago that said, God's word will not return void. The question you got to ask yourself is, am I serving God out of a heart that is surrendered to him? Am I truly a follower of Christ? The reason we planted this church is not to have another church. The reason we planted this church is for you to surrender your life and follow Christ. For you to realize what it meant to really be free from the burden of sin. To not have to wake up in the morning and hate your life, but to have purpose, to have meaning. To say, God, I, I, I want to follow you with every single ounce of my being. Is that you this morning? Are you tired of being empty? Are you, trying to find, are you tired of trying to find purpose in everything else? Today's the day to surrender that and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to follow him so that my life will matter. If that's you this morning. Just raise your hand because we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. We want to celebrate with you. Oftentimes we think that just because I went to church, whew, I can make it another week. But if you leave here and you don't know him, eternity is, is a long time separated from God. You know your heart better than I do, and God is telling some of you here today that it's time for me to stop serving myself and me to start serving God. So if you will, when the music starts playing, you come and you pray. If you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I'll be right here waiting on you. As the band comes up, I want you to really think about your life as a believer. If you are a believer of Christ and you're saying, that's me, Jeremy, I'm following Christ, but you know what? I haven't been looking at it that I need to serve God at work. I hadn't realized that I matter with serving with my brothers and sisters beside me. I need to start having compassion for other people 
I need to be more focused in my serving. If that's you this morning, that's what this altar's for. Maybe you need to come and you need to pray for, for God to give you the boldness to, to go to work tomorrow and be that light. Maybe you need to say, God, help me turn the light on at work. The biggest reason that we do this every single week is so that we can empower you guys to go out and tackle the world for Jesus Christ. And if we're not doing that, then what we're doing. And our impact is solely determined upon how much of impact Jesus has made in your life. So if you need to surrender stuff to him today, that's what this altar's for. If you need me to pray with you, I'll be here as well. Let's don't leave here the same as we came in. And let's leave here changed for Jesus. Father God, we thank you so much for the day. God, I thank you, Lord, for the fact that your word never, ever, ever returns void. God, I pray for those that, uh, Lord, you're moving in their heart this morning. God, I pray that you would just, uh, you would help them set themselves free, Lord. God, that you would just uh, break the chains, Lord, of, uh, of pride. Lord, I pray that they would just step out, Lord, and be the witness that you call them to be, Lord, that they would start following you. Help them surrender today, Lord. Help us, God. Really, God, help us examine our hearts. We go through life with tunnel vision, Lord. Help us, Lord, refocus our life so that we're only focused on the things that you want us to do. That, God, we do the things that you want us to do. That, God, that our life would matter according to your will and to your purpose, Lord. God, I pray that you would help all of us change our focus this week. Change our focus right now, God. And when we leave this place, we're missional. How can we make the biggest impact where we are? How can we serve you out of a heart of someone being changed? God, move in a mighty way. Lord, please change us. God, please. You've placed us here, Lord, and you've planted us here for a reason. And it's not for us to be in another church, God. Lord, help us make an impact. God, help us change our hearts so that we can change our community, God. We won't have the compassion that we need to have, Lord. Unless you give it to us. We don't have the drive, God. We won't have the boldness, God, unless you give it to us. Help us, Lord, realize that our lives really don't matter at all unless we are following you, God. Unless we're giving it to you every single day. Help us, Lord, not be numb Help us, Lord. Because I know nothing will change unless we do. So change us, Lord. Change us, God, from the inside out. Help our behavior match what we say we believe. 
God, help what I say come strictly from my heart everywhere I go. Help us, Lord, be your people so that everyone around us will know that you are our God. Deliver us, Lord, from shallow religion. Give us a heart, Lord, to pursue the things you have us to pursue. Help us abandon ourselves. Help us be planted. Help us, Lord, like only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray.